Breaking news tonight, House Republicans escalating their impeachment inquiry into President Biden as his son Hunter Biden defies their subpoena. The House just moments ago narrowly voting to formalize a Republican probe into the president that has so far produced no evidence of wrongdoing. Plus breaking news, Congress votes to formally launch an impeachment inquiry into President Biden. There's a lot to get to. Tonight, breaking news involving President Biden, the House voting moments ago to formally open the impeachment inquiry despite no proof of high crimes or misdemeanors. The president's response just in. First, the House voting moments ago, Republicans voting to formalize the impeachment inquiry involving the president. But where is the evidence? And the stunning moment today, the president's son, Hunter Biden, coming before the cameras. In the depths of my addiction, I was extremely irresponsible with my finances. But to suggest that is grounds for an impeachment inquiry is beyond the absurd. It's shameless. There's no evidence to support the allegations that my father was financially involved in my business because it did not happen. So there you go. That was obviously the big national story yesterday is that the House Republicans on a straight party line vote voted to officially open the impeachment inquiry that they've already been conducting. Um, but they say, look, we, we're getting stonewalled by the White House. We're not getting answers to the questions that we're asking. Nobody's taking us seriously. Um, Hunter didn't show up at the congressional you know, at the hearing that he was supposed to be at. He says, I'm only going to testify in an open public setting, and um, we, we need to officially do this. The evidence pattern is there. There's smoke without fire. Now, the uh, House Oversight Committee actually has a web page set up, the title of which is, is from September of 2023, the evidence of Joe Biden's involvement in his family influence peddling schemes. And see, that last comment is the one that they're kind of fixating on because you heard Hunter there say that there's no evidence of my dad being involved financially, right? Which is a shift, right? Even as um, Jim Jordan pointed out yesterday, in including that word financially is a limitation, is a change from the historical position that the Biden White House took, which was that Joe Biden had no involvement when he was vice president or after at all in anything, even remotely dealing with Hunter Biden. And then gradually we've seen evidence of some kind of participation. To what degree? Well, that still remains a little bit uncertain. But now the inclusion of the word financial is a way of denying without quite denying because the allegation isn't that Hunt, that uh, Joe Biden was like, I don't know, an investor. Okay. Now, some have said there's a question about did he receive money, right? You know, was he a recipient? Would that qualify as financially involved? I don't know. But the issue is really not about financial involvement. It's about influence peddling. And as I said, Jim Jordan noted the change in the statement given yesterday by Hunter. He said, my father was not financially involved in the business. That is a huge change, which means, sort of means he's involved. I think that's how anyone with common sense would read it. He's been involved, just not financially. You know, like if, if I said that, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, Jake. Yes. Is not a romantic part of my life. <laughs> oh, Really? <laughs> I thought we were getting somewhere here. Right. But oh. if I say that Jake is not a part of my life, you know mm. that was a lie. But if then I say, well, Jake's not financially part of my life, you know, well, I mean, that's true. He's not romantically part of my life. You know, that's true. He's not athletically a part of my life. 
I mean, not yet. We have we didn't play kickball. You didn't play kickball this year, so no, you know. I didn't. Um, but he's obviously a part of my life. Well, you know, my dad was not a part of my business dealings. Is very different from my dad was not a financial part of my business dealings, and that's kind of the point they're getting at. And you know, you have this like twenty examples of Joe Biden's involvement again, according to the House Oversight Committee, um, of some kind. And, you know, being on the phone for business calls, being involved with, you know, he bragged about some of the things related to the prosecutor in Ukraine. This is, by the way, a lot of this is still kind of backdrop to the whole issue with President Trump and the phone call, right? And dealings with Ukraine and Burisma. And it's a, there's a lot of stuff there. And what the House is saying is, look, we need to officially open an investigation so that we have authority, so that we can compel witnesses and compel evidence and find out. If there's anything here worth impeaching over, it wouldn't be impeachment over behavior while president, which makes it kind of an unusual case. At least I don't think that's what they're looking for. What they're looking for is impeachable over previous dealings before he was president, when he was vice president or when he was out of office as influence or brand peddler. You know, how did Hunter make all of this money except by selling basically his connection to the white, his connection to his father, whether in or formally in office? Right? That's kind of the idea. Now, I will tell you that my own reaction to this, my first reaction was, man, are we just going to impeach everybody every time they get elected? This is what it feels like. It feels like retaliatory. You know, they impeached our guy, we'll impeach your guy. This is just the way it is. This is the new normal. You know, we might as well put an amendment in the Constitution uh, that after you're sworn in, you just, you know, we're going to open an impeachment. Don't even bother vote. That's, I'll tell you, I kind of have that reaction. At the same time, I'm aware of the allegations. I have concern about the significance of the allegations. And it definitely looks to me like the firm, fast, absolutist kind of denial that was at first sold as the official line of uh, Joe Biden as vice president, that turns out to be inaccurate. It looks like it's going to be inaccurate. So how inaccurate is it and what does that mean for his you know, ability to serve in office? Well, that's why they're opening here. So I, it bothers me also. And by the way, the, the newscasters are all right. You know, the like firm evidence not existing. I mean, there isn't. Is there smoke or fire? Well, there's no fire, but there's smoke. How dense is the smoke? That's a good question, right? So it troubles me that it seems retaliatory, but then, you know, because I don't, if the Democrats were wrong for impeaching, uh, you know, President Trump twice, and they were, (laughs) that was clearly, as, as has been the investigation of President Trump. And the clear use of the law to harass him out of running for president again. I mean, all of this, okay? Does that justify doing the same thing against them? No. If what they're doing is wrong, then doing it back is also wrong. Is this just that? It sure looks like it. So what I would love to hear is I would love to hear the people who are saying this is just tit-for-tat kind of politics. I would love for them to also say... And the Democrats were wrong, too. You don't hear a lot of that. I'm willing to say both. And the question is, well, once we're into this world where this is the way it's being done, is it fair to do it back? I don't know. It just seems like, can we not get a, um, a round of politics in this country where the president, the, the presidential candidates are all of a sort where nobody has these kind of questions? <laughs> Wouldn't that be kind of nice for once? 
Uh, we don't really live in that world, do we? 518 on News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. If you are thinking about that next vehicle, Frontier Motors is a great place to look at good quality, almost new cars. You know, cars that are year, two, three years old, low miles, great condition, good, good prices. And for me, what originally drew us there was not that they were an advertiser on the station, though they were, I mean, for a long time, right? You know, and Dave Ramsey's recommended them for forever. Um, but I didn't, I didn't really know them. I mean, I kind of knew Ivan, but I didn't, you know. That wasn't a matter to me for where I'd buy a car. I'm always just going for the best deal. That's how I That's how I shop. Um, personal relationships are not the reason I buy things. I buy things because it makes the most sense because they're selling, right? But nobody had a car that we wanted to test drive. Nobody. The Honda Odyssey of the model year that we wanted was not, you, we called it our unicorn because we thought we wanted to buy it, but we wanted to drive it before we bought it. But we didn't want to buy one yet because we weren't ready. with we six months out, but we wanted to get advanced preparation. So, okay, that's the one we're going to get. Nobody had one. They happen to have one. I mean, even the dealership, you couldn't, it's complicated, but you couldn't, you couldn't drive them because they weren't cleaned up enough to be pre-owned certified. And once they were cleaned up to be pre-owned certified, they already had a waiting list of people who were willing to buy them sight unseen, undriven. So it was a catch-22. You couldn't get into one. We're like, this is stupid. <laughs> I mean, honestly, but this is the car we want to try. Well, Frontier had one. Happened to be the color we wanted. Happened to be a year old. Happened to be, you know, 12,000 miles and all the basic trim package that we wanted. So we drove it thinking, we'll drive it, we'll confirm that this is what we want, and then four, five, six months down the road, we'll buy one. We drove it, and we liked it. And they said, look at a price. We said, sure. We don't want to be rude. Oh, that's a good price. Can you come down a bit? Yeah. No. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, give us a day. Okay. Uh, can you come down a little bit more? Yeah. Um, can we buy it? <laughs> I mean, like, that was the negotiator. That was the whole thing. Because they just happened to have a great selection, which meant they had a car we wanted. Not yet, but it was such a good price that we had to buy it, literally. Now, I don't know what your experience is going to be, but I'm telling you, with 300 different cars, trucks, vans, sedans, you know, SUVs, Jeeps, on the lot at any moment, you might just find exactly the car you're looking for at a great price. And even if they don't have it, they can go find it. Tell them what you're looking for. They go to auctions all the time looking for cars. No problem. Frontier Motors, serving the Pensacola community for more than 25 years, right behind the big buffalo on Beverly Parkway. Be sure to tell them Andrew McKay says hi. The Volkswagen Sign and Drive event wraps up the year at Pete Moore Imports. And that means with zero down payment, zero due at signing, zero security deposit, and zero first month payment, you can lease the 2024 Volkswagen Atlas, Atlas Cross Sport, Tiguan, or Taos at Pete Moore Imports today. It's never been easier to bring a shiny new Volkswagen home for the holidays. All you have to do is just sign your name. There's no down payment, no security deposit, nothing due at signing, and no first month payment. How much easier could it be? Just sign your name and you'll be driving a 2024 Atlas, Atlas Cross Sport, Tiguan, or Taos home today. And as the new year comes to close, Pete Moore Imports wishes everyone a very Merry Christmas and a happy holiday season. Pete Moore Imports is not in Car City, so you won't pay Car City prices. Speedmore Imports is at 106 New Warrington Road, Pensacola. For highly qualified customers through Volkswagen Credit, zero first month payment up to $900. Offer ends January 2nd, 2024. See dealer for details. Did you know that feeling sluggish or weighed down could be a sign that your digestive system isn't working at its best? Taking Metamucil every day can help. Metamucil fiber powders help promote your daily digestive health using a plant-based fiber called psyllium. The gelling action of this special fiber traps and removes waste so you can feel lighter and more energetic. Metamucil, promoting digestive health for a better you. Learn more at metamucil.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. 
An affiliated insurance reminder that open enrollment for health insurance starts November 1st. This year, enroll in a Florida Blue plan. Get personalized support from an appointed Florida Blue agent. Their agents are trained to help you find a health plan that fits your lifestyle and budget, not theirs. It's about finding the right plan for you and not the pricing. Call 850-477-5840 to schedule an appointment with your Florida Blue agent today. Policies have limitations. Health insurance from Blue Cross Blue Shield Florida, Inc., BBA Florida Blue. Brace yourself for the ultimate holiday deal with Consumer Cellular. Snag an incredible 50% off the Iris Flip when you buy before December 17th, making it only $34.50. The Iris Flip is all the phone and camera you need with a user-friendly design, the perfect flip phone companion. Plus, you'll get nationwide coverage and always free activation. Score 50% off when you use promo code RADIO50. Head over to ConsumerCellular.com and use promo code RADIO50 during checkout to score this deal. All the big national news in a conversation with Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins from 11 till 2 on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. We have dolls that cry, talk, walk, blink, and run a temperature. We don't need any chewing dolls. I just thought I found a way to, to fit in. You'll never fit in. It's Christmas time again. Uh, when Blink 182 does Christmas music, right? <laughs> 524 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's the Pensacola Morning News. Um, should be an interesting conversation today at the Santa Rosa County Commission meeting when they're going to have a discussion or maybe just straight up implement. We'll see. The new rules about public participation. We've been telling you about this since Monday that um, Sam Parker, now the chairman, wants to make it so that you have public input during the public forum portion of the meeting in the beginning on Monday, which is the committee meeting or the agenda review, as some people would think of it. And then, can I just side pet peeve? It it kills me that all of these different meetings are, they work on, every different municipal body works on, and, and county body, works on different ways of doing things. And I don't just mean in their rules of how it works. I mean in, in their scheduling and in what they call the meetings. And it's just, this, this is my job to know these things. And I'm telling you, it's confusing even to me sometimes. How on earth can the sort of just citizen who's working a job <laughs> trying to figure this stuff out? Anyway, it's anyway. So they have the meeting on Monday, which is the warm-up meeting, and then the real meeting on Thursday. And in the beginning of each meeting, he wants to let people have four minutes to talk on anything they want to talk on, including agenda items. And then in the regular meeting, when they're actually doing the voting, no public talking. Except for, you know, like if there's a scheduled public hearing or if there's, you know, participants in a particular case, you know, like litigants, applicants, plaintiffs, that kind of thing. Um, But otherwise, not public participation during the agenda, actual items themselves. I don't like this plan. I disagree with this plan. But I know Sam is trying to streamline these meetings. And I, as as Romy White from the South Santa Rosa News says, um, this is a restriction on the talkaholics. (laughs) and that is a great term. Uh, I definitely give her credit, and she's not wrong. So is it a good move for public participation and transparency? Probably not. Is it addressing a problem with, you know, excessive participation by some? 
Well, again, as I said the other day, even if you pressed me, you know, a professional, eh, semi-professional talk radio host who knows the news to go give a four-minute concise speech on three agenda items and something else that's on my mind in the public forum ahead of time, you know, I don't know that I can do that. So what are people who are, you know, working regular jobs showing up these meetings expected to do, right? It's just, that's my concern. Also, I talked to Scott Collins from Milton and got some more clarification about the way those meetings are going to be run, and it is very different. It looks similar on the surface, but it's actually significantly different. Uh, he wants to have a warm-up meeting, which is much more of a conversation, um, a workshop. Actually, they're going to sit kind of at even level, not even up on the dais, and it's just kind of ongoing interaction about topics, some of which might be on the upcoming meeting, some of which might not be on the upcoming meeting. That might be months out in advance. A very free-roaming kind of discussion among colleagues, basically, city council and the public. Then on the regular voting meeting, there's supposed to be a session just like the first one for an hour ahead of time, which is public input on agenda items for that day, okay? And that's going to go an hour. And then the regular meeting in which you're going to have, same thing, you know, the conversation about um, public hearings, which could be on anything. That doesn't even have to be a voting matter. Um, also, you know, public participation there just for, um, you know, the, the things that require, like, for a second reading or for if they're involved in the matter or whatever. Um, so he says this is not meant to restrict. This is actually meant to enhance public participation and just do it in a more productive and effective way. So they're not they're not exactly the same. There's some fairly significant distinctions. Um, but again, that's going to be at the Santa Rosa County Commission meeting this morning. Uh, David Wayne is in the newsroom this morning with our headlines. David? New York's Attorney General Letitia James has rested her case against Donald Trump and the Trump Organization in that civil fraud trial in New York. And closing arguments for that are scheduled now for January 11th. House lawmakers are trying to get whole milk back in uh, school lunchrooms. The House voted overwhelmingly Wednesday for the Whole Milk for Healthy Kids Act, which would uh, allow for whole milk to be served in school cafeterias. You know, you know, when can I say is bias in reporting? OK, it's not whole milk. It's milk. And then there's well, that's true, imitation yeah. milk. Two percent and imitation milk, even less so one percent. And then there's white water skim. Yeah, I mean, you know, so let's just, they call it whole like that's some special thing. That's just milk. Anyway, go ahead, David. I'm just, I'm just messing with you. No, absolutely. <laughs> and point noted. Uh, Apple unveiling some new iPhone security updates. They say it'll help keep thieves at bay. Uh, a new feature adds more steps to access sensitive information on your phone other than just your passcode. Apple says the stolen device protection feature will prompt users now to enter biometric data through Face ID or Touch ID before they can make sensitive changes in their phone. All right. Thanks so much for the update. Uh, interesting news. A Swedish study finds that people who are very, very concerned about their health have uh, diagnosable hypochondriasis, which is they're overly worried about being sick all the time, um, actually die more often (laughs) and die earlier than anybody else. See, the hypochondriacs are right. Or their hypochondria is what's killing them, and now they have that to worry about as well. I don't know how you get out of this paradox if you're overly worried. Um, but yeah, it's um, it, apparently not from cancer, but from a bunch of other diseases, by the way, including suicide, which you can kind of see how that might be linked. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. House Republicans vote unanimously to start a formal impeachment inquiry against President Biden over his family finances. Every Democrat votes no. The House lacked the votes to initiate the investigation for months, but moderates from swing districts finally climbed on board. 
Democrats accuse their colleagues of a fishing expedition. Republicans say it would be malpractice not to investigate further. Fox's chat program. The Senate passes a defense spending bill expected to get a vote in the House today. A 28-year-old Detroit man is charged with the murder of a synagogue president. Prosecutors allege Samantha Wool was killed by a stranger who had broken into her home, and her death was not connected to anti-Semitism or other hate crime. Wool was the president of the Isaac Agreed Downtown Synagogue. She was found dead outside her home in October, hours after getting back from a wedding. Fox's Jill Nato, America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, 531 at News Radio 92.3. I'm David Wayne. Right now it is partly cloudy and 49 degrees in Pensacola. A pedestrian has died and a motorcyclist is in critical condition after a crash yesterday on Beverly Parkway. The Florida Highway Patrol says the motorcyclist crashed into a pedestrian that was walking a scooter across the road at about quarter after 8 o'clock last night. It happened on Beverly near Concordia Boulevard. The pedestrian died at the scene. The motorcyclist was taken to a local hospital with critical injuries. FHP says charges are pending in this case. The city of Milton has a new representative for the 4th Ward, a familiar name and face for the city council. This is the vote. Uh, Councilman Jarrett, aye. Councilman Meese, aye. Councilman Snow, aye. Councilman Powell, aye. Councilman Hawthorne, aye. Councilwoman Farrow, nay. And Councilman Cusack, nay. That vote took place after a motion was made to appoint Sherry Sebastio to the seat. It passed 5-2. to two. Sebastio has previously served on the council twice by being appointed, lost both elections uh, to remain on council. Sebastio was appointed over Kathy Ellis during a meeting this last Tuesday. She'll serve through next November's general election. New bill working its way through the state legislature could make it legal to use deadly force to defend yourself against a bear. House Bill 87 would justify using lethal force in cases where you feel that you or your property are in danger of being attacked by a bear. Under current law, killing a bear in the state does carry a penalty of a year in jail or a $1,000 fine. If attacked currently, the FWC recommends you fight back aggressively. The uh, This week, the Florida Department of Education released their school report cards as Gambia County Public Schools earned a B for the district. Thank you to our hardworking teachers, school admin, staff, and most importantly to our students at all school sites for what they've been doing and more importantly, what they're going to do. That is District Superintendent Keith Leonard, who tells News Radio they've been preparing for the testing they took all year long. He says the testing uh, measures proficiency and even adjusts as students are taking the test. He says the district ended up with 11 A schools. Three of those had improved from lower grades that they earned last year. It is 534 News Radio 92.3, and let's get a look at our Channel 3 weather forecast. This is meteorologist Brooke Richardson with your first morning weather update. Mostly cloudy skies today with a breezy forecast. Winds about 15 to 20 miles an hour. High today near 64 degrees. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping in the 40s, 47 degrees for your low. Windy weather continues into your Friday. Winds still coming out of the northeast about 15 to 20 miles an hour. High near 64. Friday night, temperatures dropping near 54 degrees. Stay connected to Channel 3 News First Morning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. And right now, 49 degrees in Pensacola, 50 in Gulf Breeze, and 48 in Milton. Our next news at 6, breaking news anytime it happens. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 92.3. 
Hi, this is Andrew McKay. Hey, everybody, this is Austin Price. Hi, I'm Steve Taylor. This is Joe Ford. Hi, this is David Wayne. And I wish you and your family a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Happy Hanukkah. Also a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. I just want to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Merry Christmas from my family and from all of us at News Radio 92.3. From all of us to all of you, Merry Christmas. News Radio 92.3. Informative. Hi, this is Todd Thompson, President and CEO of the Greater Pensacola Chamber of Commerce. Tune in to the Pensacola Expert Panel for the Chamber Connection Show that will keep you informed on what's going on with your Chamber of Commerce. Tune in this Monday morning at 10 to find out about our upcoming events, all of our different programs, and what's happening with our local business community. It's the Chamber Connection Show every other Monday at 10 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. This is Lewis Bear from the Lewis Bear Company, wishing you a safe and happy holidays. Please don't text and drive or drink and drive. May your Christmas be filled with joy, love, and laughter. This is Monroe Watley at Frontier Motors wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. From all of us at the WEAR Morning News, and there's a lot more of us than you see every day on TV, we certainly wish you happy holidays. From our family to yours, all the joys of the season. Hello, everyone. This is Austin Price wanting to wish you both a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year from News Radio 92.3. Merry Christmas. News Radio 92.3. One of the arguments against police presence in the homeless reduction is that you stereotype someone who on the street who's homeless, yet here we are, the irony being that now someone who works for the police that's trying to reduce homelessness is getting stereotyped as, um, you know, because they work for the police that they somehow have an ulterior motive or that they aren't, they don't want to be helpful. Uh, kind of ironic. Yeah, comments that were made by uh, Mayor D.C. Reeves on Tuesday in his press conference about the mental health counselors that are working with PPD now that there are some people apparently in the community that serves, you know, for the homeless uh, and in mental health that are not particularly happy about this and saying that it's, you know, inappropriate for them to be working with the cops. I wanted to get to that a little bit with D.C. yesterday. Uh, D.C. Reeves, the mayor of Pensacola, sir, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News. Morning, Andrew. How are you? Oh, man, I'm doing great. Doing doing good. Always doing good. And it's always good to talk to you. Uh, so I, what's going on? I thought that, I mean, adding mental health coordinators or counselors to PPD was like, yay, hallelujah. And now somebody or some organizations are not happy with this? Yeah, I mean, we've already gotten, the question was, you know, how are things going with, you know, and what we said is generally great, but, you know, I've also been surprised or not surprised. Uh, I mean, imagine if someone, you know, you had Keith Leonard on talking about early, uh, you know, kindergarten readiness. Imagine if, if someone came to our community and said, we're going to help with kindergarten readiness. And our school district said, no, 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 you're, you're, you're not going to do that because I don't like where, what university you went to. 
I don't like who hired you. I mean, imagine how sad of a state of affairs that would be, you know, when we're all going with the same mission. That's my, you know, and so 99% of our feedback has been positive, but, um, you know, there's this hint of adversarial uh, territorialism that's happening when we should all, I mean, should, is there a subject in our community that we should all be more aligned on, which is helping people who need help to get off the street? I, I don't know. And so, um, so, you know, that it's a, it's a speck of uh, frustration, obviously, as you can hear in, in, yeah. um, in, in the midst of what I think is a very good thing. Our second officer started, uh, started uh, the day before yesterday. So we will have our two officers up and going and Tom, who's been in place now, has done a fantastic job. He's already integrated into the, homeless reduction task force has been in part of all these conversations and and you know he's really building his rolodex so to speak to make sure that uh, when he has outreach that he able, he's able to get people to the right place so um so again i'm we're not going to let that deter us from uh, what we think is a very very good thing and i'm and i'm, I'm so appreciative uh, to have yet that many more resources uh here to help reduce homelessness in our- and and just just to clarify we're not talking about some pervasive pushback from agencies that work with or uh, try to help the you know, mentally ill or the homeless, we're talking about a very small number or one or, you know, something yeah. like that. Is that right? That's, that's correct. But, but what I would say is it, it is a microcosm, and you've heard me mention in previous weeks, not so much with these particular uh, employees. But again, we're try- I really feel like the city, including with this tactic, is trying to break down these barriers, mm-hmm. silos of territorialism that really I think is pervasive throughout the whole process. And and so again, that, yes, in this case, it's 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 a very small sample size. Okay. But it's the type of attitude that I'm that we're generally seeing. Maybe not as extreme, saying, "Well, because you work for the police department, don't bring us people that are in need." I, I mean, that, to me, it's crazy. Uh, but it also what we hope is that we're trying to be part of the solution here, and and, and if it's kind of mind-boggling to me that that other folks within the same space wouldn't be really rowing in the same direction. Yeah, working separately has been producing the results we have. Let's try something else. Correct. Um, Correct. <laughs> I mean, I think that's you know that's the. You had a um a big conversation recently, a kind of a meeting that uh, had to do with, of course, the demolition or the what's going to happen at the uh, old Baptist Hospital property. We've had a lot of conversations about this, but I think part of that discussion was that you had somebody in from New Orleans to present on the Columbia Park at the Bayou District project that they have there, which I have looked a little bit at, looks amazing to me. It's a fabulous, like, neighborhood community design. Uh, But I just wanted you to talk a little bit about this, because if that's the kind of thing you're envisioning as a possibility, tell people what what that's all about. Yeah, absolutely. So, yes, we had a meeting. We had some, uh, you know, some stakeholders in the community that have been part of this process with Baptist you know, that have somehow played a role in this uh, a smaller group. It's actually, the video is available uh, on our website, and we'll share, um, you know, through our proper media channels. Good. Uh, so, you know, it was it was recorded, and, you know, of course, anybody can watch media was invited. Uh, but the goal was really this. James Lima, who was hired by Baptist to go do a lot of community engagement and give his expert opinion about what could happen at the site in 2021, 2022, uh, we had him present because, look, whether we do what Baptist was going to do or we don't, you know, that's a lot of valuable information that we should be taking into consideration. So right. James presented a lot of what he had found, and then I invited Jerry Bruce from the Bayou District Foundation, who took a eerily similar size uh, parcel, about 50 acres, 
uh, and that they have more than 500 units. It's anchored by early childhood brain development, kindergarten readiness with Educare, um, as well as a K-8 school. Uh, that, that, that becomes the anchor of, the, of the, the whole site. And it's been very, very successful. I believe he said he's had 123 communities come benchmark uh, their place. Wow. Um, and uh, when you hear about purpose-built communities, that actually started in East Lake in Atlanta. Uh, Bayou District is believed to be the first replica of the original purpose-built community, which means wraparound services anchored by a university, um, you know, where uh, and really be mixed income, which is what I really believe right. in, is that, you know, you have people who are in public housing living next door to people who are paying market rate, and you can't tell the difference in the condition of the place. It's not, hey, people who are uh, poor live in this side, and people who can pay market rate live on that side. That's not how Bayou District is designed. So, um, so it was and, really and even and, and for people who right haven't seen point. it, even some structural stuff that's fascinating, like a kind of you know exterior facing, uh, uh, you know ta- townhome kind of style with behind parking and park actual space inside the blocks kind of stuff. It's like it's Correct. it's just really interesting as a look too. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and look, crime. Uh, this is one of the most crime riddled uh, neighborhoods in all of New Orleans. Uh, crime has gone down by ninety nine percent. Um, That's and, amazing. Uh, it, it, you know, one quick anecdote that was interesting, Jerry mentioned, uh, he said when they when they came to the city to design this, they talked to the chief of police at the time right after Katrina. They said, well, you're obviously going to put a gate around this whole neighborhood, right? You know, <laughs> and he's like, no, absolutely not. That's not what we're going to do. You know, and um, it just goes to show you how far they've come uh, yeah. from when this was 134 public housing buildings into what they have now. So. Um, so again, I, I really encourage folks to watch that video, and you can and they can talk about that. And so, uh, you know, I had some people reach out and say, "Well, are, is there going to be a chance for community to have feedback?" We we are many miles from that at this point. I, right. I'm I'm in the car on Interstate 10 right now, driving to Tallahassee to try to get the money to be able to even start this this conversation. So, uh, but what I really wanted to do is make sure as a community we kind of got our feet under us, understood what work has been done, and understood maybe a general direction that we may want to go. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to watching the video. I have not watched it, and just in case people are wondering, uh, you had invited me to go. I wasn't able to go to the actual meeting itself, but I appreciate the invitation. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Malcolm Young Gym. Uh, your plan had been demolition; wouldn't be all that expensive. I mean, fifty grand's not cheap, and probably more now that you got to rebid it. But um, as I understand it, you're going to look at a survey to really make sure of what the cost would be to renovate what the cost would be to demolish, what the possibilities are, and if there is a rebuilt anything on that site, how to better use the land space so that we can maybe get some housing out of the deal in the end one way or another. Do I kind of have that right? Yeah, you do. And, and look, here my stance was after about the $35,000 that we spent with the preliminary assessment mm-hmm. that basically we saw enough to know what kind of condition it was in. Um, and then we had someone email us, and you know, you're, you're aware, you know, of course, Coach Washington, all the great work he does with the program, right. folks that were interested in, in trying to, again, privatize the building, which I really don't have interest in, regardless of what the cost ends up being. Um, but nonetheless, um, they said, well, hey, we've had someone look, you know, drive by it and say that they can, you know, they can fix it for this amount of money. Now, um, so uh, in the end, uh, you know, the decision of the CRA board is, is to say, all right, well, then, uh, you know, if if uh, the city's uh, outside engineer isn't putting a number on it and we had someone email us and say that they think you can do it for this, let's go get deeper answers. Now, those deeper answers are going to come at a significant cost. I, I expect that just the full structural assessment alone is going to be at least double the price of the demolition, if not more. 
Um, there's only a certain, for example, there's only a certain number of experts that still even know how to assess those old beans, yeah. uh, that those arches. Uh, so, I mean, I, I don't know that it, it, this is my opinion. I don't know that how, um, at, you know, how cost logical that is given what we already did pay someone to tell us. But uh, again, I said yesterday, you know, look, I respect the CRA board. It, that, this is the checks and balances of the government. If they want to be super triple sure. Uh, that that there's significant damage that would not rationalize us, you know, having to uh, to demolish it. Then then certainly I, I respect that. So that's what we'll do. But um, I, I personally expect that that number is going to be coming in very very large. And remember, it's not just the structure. I mean, we would have to get it up to ADA compliance. Right. Get the electrical plumbing. I mean, there. Because once you renovate, number, ADA the, becomes it, mandatory, right? So yeah. Co- no. Correct. And and. And so, or the city shouldn't want to just reopen a facility that doesn't have those things, right? Right. So, of course. Um, and, and and look, and at the end of the day, if the cost came in as low as as being alleged that it would be, then great. Then the city would take it on, and we would we would bring it back to the public good. I mean, if it truly was a nominal amount, and I'm wrong about that, and our engineers are wrong about that, so then it, great, feel, it, then we'll, it feels like it feels like we're going to try to spend the city, the council is going to spend a hundred grand. In order to, on the the wish hope that we can get a really cheap alternative that's going to satisfy all of our hopes and dreams and keep the the, uh, the the place that we all want to keep, and what's more likely to happen is that we're going to spend hundred grand to find out that it's way too expensive to do and we're going to wind up dem- demolishing anyway um, is what it seems like to me. But I, you know, that's look, that's you have elected officials to make decisions, and you know, that's that's why you have their powers, and not your powers. That's the separation of powers. Um, and Andrew, and Andrew, one other thing on that, you know, remember. Whatever that cost comes back at, whether it's cheaper than we thought, more expensive than we thought, you have to compare that to at least 14 affordable homes up to 20 into the 20s and 30s. So now you have another decision that made is, would you like to restore a 62-year-old gymnasium or would you like to have 25 or 30 affordable units? What, right. What's in greater need in our community? So and you like, mentioned that. Doesn't that yeah. not really approach that yet. Yeah. So, so anyway, I, you know, I, there's still a lot to unpack, but again, we'll, we'll, we'll do what the CRA board wants to do and we'll... We'll take a look at that and go from there. Well, I, I will say this. I think, you know, my fear is that because you've been so thorough about trying to find, you know, old dilapidated things that are not really safe and how much it's going to cost to repair them, you've kind of wandered yourself into the public perception that, well, he's the tear down and destroy guy. I think unfairly, but that's the perception. And then people have this emotional attachment to that particular facility. And if somebody comes in and says, no, 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 wait, we can save it, you know, it's it's just it's a it's a probably a perception hard sell to get the community yeah. to say oh well we could have you know affordable housing and that's cheaper and that's a better fit for our needs in our city and you know I'm just you know you know this I'm just you know it seems like that's going to be a, a challenge that you're going to run into. Yeah, um, I agree. I, I did want to always like to end with a uh, the lightning round you know quick questions to get a little bit of fun out of it. Uh, first question is um, is Ashley Moody right and should the CFP be sued uh, because of the debacle with FSU? <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm going to say to this, uh, you know, because I because my opinion defies logic at this point. My my anger defies logic. So, right. Um, you know, so absolutely, absolutely, I support it. If nothing else, let's see the ballot. I just, I, you know, that's what I'd like to see. I agree. I'm, I'm guessing that's what the mechanism is here. Yeah, and the voting machines. I think it's funny that she's looking for election fraud in this. It's kind of interesting. That wasn't really my lightning round, but that's one. I just wanted to get you on the record on it. Um, <laughs> if you had the opportunity to live in a subdivision right next to Clark Griswold, yes or no? 
Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, why not? Yeah, why not? I mean, definitely entertaining. Just no RVs allowed. That's you know, right. Hopefully. No cousin Eddie. I think that's got to be the rule. You got a tough HOA in enforcement. Um, when you eat or prepare a sandwich, do you cut it or eat it whole? And if you cut it, how do you cut it? Uh, oh no, no, no. I'm. Um, we just. I don't have that kind of time. <laughs> you know, we, I, we we make it. Two pieces of bread, let's roll, you know. All right. Also also for the, the children, same? Uh oh no, then I, I go diagonal. If i if, if if cutting is required, I go diagonal. All right, Jake's happy to hear that. Uh yes, last la- last question for you. Um I also did not know this was even a controversy, but TikTok teaches us all things these days. When you're taking a shower, face toward the shower head or face away from the shower head? Is a toward right? Is is it a controversy? <gasps> You're the weirdo. I, oh, am I? Am I? <laughs> I don't know. That's it's going to be our frivolous topic for today, though. So I'm glad to have you as a dissenting oh, voice. I, well, man, now, now I'm second guessing myself. Well, I, I just you know, know generally speaking, I don't seek to voluntarily self waterboard. That's why I face away. But you know, you do what you want to do. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm trying to wake up. I'm trying to wake up, Andrew. I mean, I- Mayor DC Reeves, always a pleasure to talk to you, sir. Please drive safely. Uh, have a good, productive time in Tallahassee. A Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We'll talk to you again real soon. I got that. So, absolutely. Uh, 552 here on News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. If you are thinking, thinking, and that's, I mean, I say this seriously, if you're thinking about buying or selling a home, and maybe it's because you're moving out of your parents' house, maybe it's because you're moving out of a rental or wondering if you should, um, maybe you want to acquire a second home to rent, you know, to do some kind of business expansion. Uh, maybe you need to sell for whatever reason, or you want to move up, you want to move down in size. What, if it's a real estate transaction, uh, you know, for like residential, Christina Leavenworth and her team at Levin Rinky Realty. Uh, she sold 233 homes last year. 233 homes last year. Two. I mean, it's you know, like that's an amazing thing. Almost five a week. It's crazy. Why? Because she's figured out how to do this. She's figured out a system for marketing homes that just works and helping people buy homes all the time because she has such expertise on the selling side that she really represents you well as a buyer to know what the seller is likely to accept, what you can negotiate on, what you can't negotiate on, what's the right offer for that house in that neighborhood at this time. I mean, all of that kind of stuff. You know, and if you're selling, it's the the staging and the, you know, what little things can be done differently in the pictures, the online marketing, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, it's just, it's an amazing suite of expertise that she and her team at Levin Rinky Realty bring to the table. 723-9158 for Christina Leavenworth and her team at Levin Rinky Realty. Tomorrow morning at 1030, join A-Hope on the Pensacola Expert Panel. They believe that every life is precious, that every wag of a tail, every part... And every gentle nuzzle is a gift worth cherishing. Their dedicated team of volunteers works tirelessly to provide shelter, care, and love to animals in need. Learn how you can give back by becoming a volunteer or adopting or fostering a furry friend. Discover the resources you need to make your community a better place for pets. Tomorrow at 1030 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. Beret has been there for my family, I feel like, through every milestone. And so when this stage of life started coming up, I just knew that Beret was the only option. I came in here nervous. I saw the ring and I was like, yep, I know that's it. That's the one for her. It's beautiful. It's just as special as she is. And it means a lot more than just will you marry me. It's just something that words can't describe. That's so cute. From all of us at Beret Jewelers. Happy Holidays.
Hi, this is Darren Costello from Costello's Butcher Shop and Deli, Fine Wine and Cheeses. We carry a wide variety of selections of meats, cheeses, and wines. If you're looking for some fine cuts of meats, ask Dale. Talk to Justin. Talk to Darren. We're here for you and your holiday needs. From turkeys and hams and cheeses and meats, we have it all. Looking to give back this season? Ask about the Kimberly Tower Foundation. Come in and talk to Christy Costello or Danielle. Please be sure to stop in and visit us here at Costello's for all your holiday needs this season. Happy holidays. Here's what's happening around Pensacola this week. Breakfast with Santa benefiting the Gulf Coast Kids House at Casino Beach Bar is Saturday morning. Tickets include a breakfast buffet and goodie bag. Your kids will get a special picture with Santa. See gulfcoastkidshouse.org for more. Don't miss the First City Lights Festival, part of Pensacola Winterfest. The historic district is lit up with more than half a million lights. See downtownpensacola.com. Find more events and submit yours at newsradio923.com. The cooler weather in Pensacola is a great time of the year for gardening, whether it's planting roses, planting shrubs and trees and cool weather color, and of course, planning for spring. This is Mike Wiggins. If you've got gardening questions, we've got answers on the News Radio Garden Line every Tuesday morning at 9 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. And if you miss us on Tuesdays, then catch the Encore Edition every Saturday morning at 9. Sponsored by Pensacola Hardware, Blue Sky Landscaping, Barnes Feed Store, and Lucky's Pine Straw. Hi, this is Andrew McKay, and I wish you and your family a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. News Radio 92.3. Over the years, I got to be quite a connoisseur of soap. My personal preference is for Lux, but I found palm olive had a nice, piquant, after-dinner flavor. Heady, but with just a touch of mellow smoothness. The shepherds feared and trembled when low above the earth rang out the angels' chorus that hailed the Savior's birth. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills, and everywhere yeah, go. Oh man, that's good stuff. That's Big Daddy Weave right there, and uh, I love the rearrangement, man. 5.56 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Whatever has gone wrong with your Christmas card, Christmas photo, Christmas greetings ever in the past is not quite as bad as what happened to Kate Middleton and Prince William. Did you see this picture? Uh Uh-uh. They put out a uh, a very classic-looking black and white picture of the uh, five of them, and of course, you know... Um, the, the the children and she look fantastic, and Prince William still just looks like Prince William. Um, <laughs> come on now, if he weren't a prince, anyway. Um, so, <laughs> you know it's true. He's got my hairline. I feel bad. For <laughs> He's guy. got less than you. Oh no, he does have yours. That's right. Yeah. And all those teeth over yes. and over. Anyway, um, the only problem with the picture, which is otherwise fantastic, the uh, the problem with the picture is that you've got uh, which one is it? George Louis. Louis. I think it's Louis. Yeah, Louis is the young one. Um, Louis is sitting there with his dad's hand on his shoulder, and they're all wearing just plain white shirts. It's fine. Um, and he's got his hand on the, the chair on which Charlotte is sitting, and it's a black, nice-looking chair, and you can see his hand vividly outlined on the chair minus a finger. There's a finger missing from young Prince Louis. In what can only be described as the most epic Photoshop fail ever. (laughs) 
it's just here, uh, Jake. I know you probably haven't seen this, but here, let me let me show you this picture. Okay, hold on. Let me lean over here. Have I described that accurately? Oh, whoa. <laughs> Now, was there like a, a cotton gin accident I don't or something? Think, like, how did he lose that <laughs> finger? And it doesn't, you know, I know one of the stories I was reading said, well, maybe he had it folded under, you know, but even if you did that, it doesn't look like that. No. That's something somebody tried to fix a problem that wasn't a problem, and um, the young man has uh, been mutilated in the Photoshop, so... <laughs> Oh, poor kid. Anyway, so whatever went wrong with yours, it wasn't quite like that. David Wayne's in the newsroom with our headlines. David? Well, President Biden will be in Maryland today to promote efforts to lower drug costs. He's expected to announce dozens of uh, pharmaceutical companies will now be required to pay rebates to Medicare because they raised drug prices faster than the rate of inflation. Wow. All right. Uh, I think that's something we're we're all dealing with that. Uh, David, thanks so much for the update. Uh, Coming up next... Your favorite soap opera, Days of Our Milton, returns to the airwaves. <laughs> we, there's always more. It's not over yet. We're still cranking out episodes. As long as we can do so, I will continue to bring them to you. We'll be back with that in a few minutes. Local talk in the morning, 5 to 9, with Andrew McKay is on News Radio 92.3. WNRP Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.